From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. I think we're on. Yes, we are. Welcome back, everybody. This is Big and Wild Outdoors. Hour number two is right here, right now. Where are you going, Bill? Push my button. Push your button. Oh, he's got to go turn his on the microphone. <laughs> like, what is going on today? I'll push my button. Do you know which one it is? Here, we'll tell you when the light <laughs> comes on in here. Ready? Go ahead. Go ahead. Push one. Just push any button. No. Just, no. Yeah, go <laughs> there. And just push it. Push it. Oh wait, no, that's not it. No, that's don't turn that back off. Oh, now you've done it. Now you, <laughs> <laughs> now you've really done it. Now you're in big old trouble. Producing our own show. No, oh, that's all right. You're there. Bill's, I love it because he's got his little. I was index. adding content to the show in the other room. Sorry. <laughs> it's so funny. Bill sitting there with his index finger, just kind of hovering over all the it's buttons, said, going. Should I? Eeny, no, eeny, don't miny. touch anything. Yeah, it said like, guest one, guest it. two. <laughs> <laughs> and you guessed wrong. And you didn't guess any of the ones that were already potted up. Exactly. I'm looking. I see the three mics that are potted up. I knew all we had to do was turn ours on, so it's no big deal. We good. Yeah, I know you're you're turned on remotely. Apparently, uh, my internal clock. Okay, I got three minutes. I can go do this. Sure. No, didn't work. <laughs> Those were the days. Same uh, same problem. With my internal clock waiting for the sun to be up high enough to start shooting <laughs> shooting light by my gauge and by the FWC. Two different clocks. Yes. That's uh, why that, that app is so important. It, What's what legal? if it's cloudy outside? And it's not sunny, but it's cloudy. Well, you know, if you can see shadows, then chances are it's legal shooting lights. Well, you okay. can see shadows with a, a light. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's more scared? Uh, Shriner seeing me standing at the yeah, board? Right. Yeah. Or somebody seeing Alex Baldwin with a gun? <laughs> oh. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Not too soon for that one. Uh, what was the joke I heard about that the other day? Oh, never mind. I can't tell it on the radio. <laughs> oh. Gator season's officially over, right, Bill George? It is officially over, and you have requirements you still have to do. Yeah. If you I, have not already done them. Well, you have to send in your uh, unused tags to uh, by the 15th of this month, I yes, think. Yes, uh, any unused tags. It is against the law to be in possession of that CITES tag after... The uh, November 15th, you must return those to FWC. Oh, wow. If you have not utilized them in the harvest of the alligator by 10 a.m. November 1. And you also have to put in your harvest report forms. You either have to mail those in also or put them in online, which is the much easier way to do it. And But you have to mail the tags yes, back. Yes, ha- they have to physically receive the tags back. But if you do not fill out your harvest report form, you will fail in getting any tags next year. Yes, you will. So you need to make sure you do that. A lot There are a number of people each year now that are losing out on the ability to participate because of the fact that they did not turn in their, their tags. Are there any fines along with this, or is it just no? No, no, ta- no tags next year, kind of deal. Yeah, no. Wow. Well, the, the one thing, if you don't mail them in, uh, my buddy 
you know, Greg, when he was FWC, when he was over in the neighborhood, he would stop by and knock on the door and say, hey, do you know this guy? And I was like, uh, why? What did he do? And he's like, nothing. I'm just, I'm here to collect gator tags. So they will come and knock on your door and say they'll physically get them back after the 15th. They'll send officers out to retrieve them, which we discourage you to do because now you're taking officers away from doing what they're supposed to be doing. Right, true. They would take Greg off the water, and he's like, dude, I'm driving around for the next week and a half trying to get Sidey's tags back, you know, in Pinellas County. And, you know, knocking on doors, people are at work. He's showing up at 7 o'clock. You know, he's like, hey, how you doing? I need your Sidey's tags and your report. And I don't know. And even one year I turned around, we lost a Sidey's tag and had to report it as being lost. And even though I went online, reported as lost, next thing you know, here comes officer up to the house one day and says, hey, following up on that tag, it's like we reported it as lost. He says, you know, it's against the law to have that tag. Yeah. It's like, okay. So He was just making sure that you knew that he was watching you. Yeah. Well, (laughs) about four months later, I was opened up the seat of the truck, you know. Oh, here it is. And and there's the tag, and it's like, oop. Cut that thing up, put it in a McDonald's cup, and throw that thing away. Uh, Now, uh, you know, it's amazing how those tags, they're treated like gold, because you had one one year, I think, last year, that the little nipply thing, the locking mechanism, you know, didn't work, and they wouldn't even allow you to use that. Yeah. They're like, uh, why? It's it's a tampered with tags. Yeah, it's tampered. So even if you stuck it together and super glued it or whatever, it's not really... Legally secured, you know. So, what, that what means? if you shot the gator, killed the gator in your boat, and then you grab that tag, and the tag's a bad tag? You then what do you do? Better call the FWC. You better call and say, "Hey, yeah," because if they find you out later, it's like, "Hey, what the heck are you doing? You're trying to use that tag and then go clean that alligator and use it again." Yeah, take it out of its tail, take it back, right. stick it in another one. I mean, so. that makes sense. But what if your tag is already jacked before you even? Then you call the FWC and let them know that it's Jack. That's what he did. Yeah. He said, can I still use this? And she's like, nope. No, you can't. So what do you what do if with I the, glue it together? What nope. do you do with the dead gator in your boat? You call the FWC and you go, I got a dead gator in my boat and a screwed up tag. What do you want me to do? <laughs> so, yeah. And he'll go, wait right there. I'll be right there. I'll be there shortly. So about an hour later, he'll show up. Yeah. Huh. And you'll be sitting there feeding the mosquitoes, and uh, you know, patiently waiting to find out what they're. Yeah, I've had I've had people who had that issue, off and on. It is a it is a occasional problem, but one year it happened a lot. I mean, a lot, and so after manufacturer was, defect, it, it was a major manufacturer defect. Yeah. So. Well, uh, speaking of the uh, incident with Alec Baldwin, I don't know if you've uh, heard the report, but. Uh, now, what has happened in Hollywood and around in the media as well is exactly what I said was going to happen on this show, that they are surrounding him uh, with protection and now pointing fingers at other people. Oh, it's that guy's fault. Oh, it's the assistant director. Oh, it's the armorer's fault. It's everybody's fault but Alec Baldwin's. Is it the gun manufacturer's fault yet? Well, they'll get to that, too. I'm you sure know? that's coming down the road. They'll, they'll get to that as well. You know that as well, but... Um, the responsibility, as I always say, lies with the man who has the, his finger on the trigger. I mean, uh, there it doesn't go beyond that. If Vince hands me a firearm, it is my duty as a receiving of the firearm 
to check it again and make sure it is not loaded and all the other stuff. Still handle it properly as it is loaded. That's the way we've been taught since we were kids. Right. Um, but when you're an arrogant actor who you know doesn't like to be told what to do, and I I know what I'm doing. Just give me the gun. Let me shoot the scene. I'm all good. I'm all fine. I know what I'm doing. Uh, you know, to them, the rules don't seem to apply the same as it does for you and I. Same reason why they can use guns to uh, glorify violence in a movie and make millions and millions of dollars, but uh, you can't. You can't have one. You know because you know it's not cool. It, yeah, yeah. I'm using it because it's my job. You're just you know you're using it because you could. Go kill things. That, there's a big difference there. No. Uh, okay. So, so the first Hollywood, the big named actor, the big name guy who came out and said things are going to be different on his movie sets, the first one to speak out was The Rock. Really? Yep. Really? Really? Yeah. Dwayne Johnson says he vows to stop using real guns in film projects after the Rust tragedy. He specifically said that he's going to make sure that it uh, never happens on any set that he's on and that every production that he ever is going to be on, they're going to use rubber guns instead. So great. Now the CGI is going to go up. More money for the movies. That was going to cost us more money to go see the movies, which I really don't care anyways. Yeah. And half of the movies he's made has guns and weapons in it anyway. Exactly. And uh, he said, we're not going to worry about the dollars. We're, uh, we won't worry about what it costs. He plans to implement the no real guns rule with any studio that he partners with. Wait, why is he worried about the cost? He doesn't care. He's not paid for it. No. Well, unless he's, you know, you know, I don't know, producer or whatever it is. Take it out of a portion of his proceeds. Sure. There you go. It's all that. But uh, he's the first one to come out and say that uh, from now on, all of his firearms are going to be basically CGI. I mean, I understand right. the safety part of it. I get it. But make sure you hire the right people to do the right job right. and don't be a right. DA. Okay. It'd be like in search of the Holy Grail, you know. What do you all mean? the computer effects, you know. or, or do we, <laughs> we're, we really going to use a horse? We're just going to have guys riding along acting like they're riding a horse or... Just use I a just, gun. Just, no, man. Just, <laughs> just like use a gun. Old, old Monty Python. It's cheaper. Just, just, I mean. just, just do Old Monty Python. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. not. It's not only it's cheaper. Not real. It's not only cheaper, but it's also uh, more realistic, and it's also uh, uh, it's done once the scene is shot. And uh, you know, no pun intended, but once the scene is shot, then they don't have to go back and send it out to go CGI and all the other well, stuff and computer generated. Why everything. doesn't he just take the really high road and say he's not going to go in any movie that has a gun? There. What? Now you're just asking way too much of the That's man. That's a Seriously. pay decrease right there. Oh. What's he going to do? That's uh, going to hurt his pocket. A remake of Bridges of Madison County yeah. or something? Yeah. <laughs> He's going to redo Pretty Woman. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> Was there no guns in there? So taxi driver's out and uh, you know all the others are, are pretty much over. So. I mean, yeah, quit being a hypocrite. If you're going to yeah. go, go all in, bro. Yeah. All. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy meat, but I have nothing wrong with somebody who chooses not to want to eat meat or something like that. But I've sitting with a lot of people. If you're going to go vegan, go vegan. Go. Go all the way. Do do what you got to do. That's more for me. I'm all, I'm all for it. Yeah, uh, I'm all for leaving more beef on there. Speaking of firearms, uh, we've always told you on the show that uh, Chicago, we know the restrictions that are extremely... Uh, 
bad there within the Cook County city limits of Chicago. They've actually reinstated a gun and ammo tax after the court deemed it unconstitutional. They just, wait a minute. Yeah, the tax was struck down in October by the Illinois Supreme Court and said, uh, no, you can't tax these people like this. You can't do it. So the Cook County Board of Commissioners reinstated its firearm and ammunition tax after it was struck down by the Illinois Supreme Court. Uh, during Thursday's board meeting, the commissioner's meeting, members voted to approve an amendment. So as Bill George likes to do, you just change the wording a couple of ways and it doesn't apply anymore. Sure. So you just get around it. So they added an amendment to the previous ordinance dealing with how firearms and ammunitions are taxed in order to comply with the uh, October 21st Illinois Supreme Court ruling. But the opinion struck down the tax because it impeded a citizen's Second Amendment rights. And uh, it says, however, Illinois Supreme Court Justice Jane, Mary Jane Tias said in the court's opinion that any tax of fundamental rights must establish that the tax classification is subsequently related to the object of the legislation. So the new amendment that was passed by the Board of Commissioners directs revenue raised from the tax to a new special purpose equality fund to fund gun violence prevention programs. So they just rename something, and uh, that way they're going to take the tax and use it for something else that has nothing to do with this is wrong. taxing the gun. Sneaky way of getting around the uh, the corner. Hey. Why, why, why is gray area just going to be for me? <laughs> Bill George should be going, yeah, I didn't figure that out uh, a week before yeah, they did it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know. I'll give you uh, what it's going to cost you if you want to get buy ammunition and a uh, firearm in uh, Cook County when we come back from break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by our good friends at Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Bringing in Vince Noble. Bill George is back. And, of course, Schreiner hanging out with us on this chilly, chilly Saturday morning here in uh, Pinellish County. We appreciate you getting up early and hanging out with us this morning. As always, if you want to join in on the conversation or yell at Vince for something, which we don't mind, uh, it's 888-404-1010, Why are you giving me the Italian hands-up thing like, why are you, why are you? Why are you talking about me over there? Why are you doing doing that on me all over the place? Because you're just an easy target, that's all. Oh, I'm the easy target. Well, Bill George is hard to hit. He's sneaky. He's wily. With that shirt he's got on. I don't know about all that. Yeah, he's always camoed out. He's also the smallest of the four of us. (laughs) (laughs) This is Uh, urban camo. Yeah, it's it's urban camo. (laughs) Uh, Before the break, talk a little bit about Chicago. I promise to tell you what it's going to cost you. The new ordinance that they're going to do with the retail purchases of uh, firearms and ammunition in Cook County. Uh, $25 tax for each firearms purchased. Uh, Centerfire ammunition is taxed at $0.05. Per cartridge, and um, rimfire ammunition is taxed at one cent per cartridge. Okay, so it's an extra fifty cents for fifty rounds, and uh, you know, on twenty twos, and five cents for times twenty. It's for most. This this is the thing: is if I were a business person in that that county, I would be extremely upset because that 
back in the 1800s when you didn't have another store to go to, that would be something different. But now they don't have to drive very far, and they're out of Cook County, and now you're making the business that's at the, the, the county line much more lucrative for somebody to go to than it is there. So mm, yeah, that's it's true. Like you go, uh, you leave Polk County, and psh, there's there's an adult club. Well, you know? it, the 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 <laughs> sad part he is knows that. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna ask Saint Bill. I used to live right not far from there. Uh-huh. Right. Anybody come out of Polk County didn't want to drive all the way into Tampa. Stop there. Well, the the sneaky part of it it always is is when they do this tax. It's we know what it is. You know, they say that it's for all this gun violence or whatever it is that's to help quell it or do whatever. But in reality, it's to punish you so it makes it harder for you. So that guys that are on a tight budget can't go out and spend that kind of money and all those other other kind of things. You had 25 bucks on top of a firearm and then you got to buy ammo for it. That stuff starts to add up. And there, it, look, it, at it, look at it this way. Let's make it even more political. They're going after the lower and middle middle class and lower class who may not be able to afford to, maybe they don't have a car, so they can't drive somewhere. So they got to hop a bunch of buses to go outside the county to buy. So they're targeting those that can't afford to buy in their own neighborhoods. Well, yeah, that I makes mean, sense. Especially if you, for the most part, if you're literally adding another cent onto uh, 22. Who goes out and shoots 22s? If you don't want to shoot a bunch of money, uh, you know, at the end of a barrel, you buy a 22. But, you know, you go buy a thousand rounds of it, man, you know, it's going to cost you 10 more bucks. And, uh, you know, you don't think about it when you're doing it, but the money is going out there, they say, to prevent violence. But if you read what these people say, it tells you it's a totally different agenda. I love this when this when they asked this one commissioner why she wanted to keep the tax in place. She actually said the cost of a bullet should reflect, even if it's just a little bit, the cost of the violence that ultimately is not possible without the bullet. Really? So that tells you right there what the agenda is. Um, have you seen how many knife mass knifings there have been? Oh, sure. If, if you define a mass shooting as four people are at least grazed by a bullet, you don't have to be actually hurt. But if, the, if you so much as it, like, you know, skims your arm, you're counted as a casualty. And if you get four people that are touched by a bullet in one incident, that's a mass shooting. You got people out there that are slicing and dicing with knives right now. And they're sure. Hitting, they're hitting, you know, nine, ten people. But you don't hear them screaming about mass knifings. Well, and, and the other bad part is, and uh, this was actually brought up during the conversation that I had with the gentleman over this story, was he looked at me and he said, Name any other fundamental right that is given to you by God that's taxed. Are you taxed for free speech? No. Are you taxed for privacy? How about tax for voting? Are you taxed by anything else that is a God-given right at all? No. Except for the Second Amendment. The only thing that they have the ability to tax is, or at least attempt to tax on, is your right to keep and bear arms. Can't take it away from you. But we'll tax it out of existence for so a lot of people. It, you put it in those terms, it makes you really want to think, like, what are they doing? Why? How could they do that? Why could they do that? Why are we letting them do it? Yeah, exactly. I'm starting to get mad. And what other, like I said, he asked me that. He goes, and I did. I had the same look that you did when he goes, what other fundamental right is being taxed? And I went, well, Vince, I have no idea. Vince, <laughs> we'll send you up there to interview him. I have no idea. <laughs> 
You might be keeping your finger in the dump button if I could update. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things that kind of makes you go, hmm. And uh, speaking of more good news about firearms, uh, Wally World out in Oregon, which I this talk about slit your own throat, uh, one of the greatest hunting states there is in the Union, uh, the Wally World out in Oregon has decided they're going to go ahead and stop selling guns and ammunition. <clears throat> And uh, seriously, yeah, they're going to they're going to pull it off the shelves there in Oregon. And uh, the company said they would not specify what prompted the decision. But a statement that was released by Wally World said that that, I just don't get this. We are proud to serve hunters and outdoors men and women and will continue to serve them with an assortment that reflects our heritage of supporting hunting and outdoor sports. Let's sell the goods and the ammo, stupid. (laughs) <clears throat> I have no problem with them if they don't want to sell the guns. I don't. That's their business decision, just like Dick's when they turned around and made their decisions. And guess what? I've never bought another thing in Dick's again. No. Nope. You know, I choose to, I choose where to spend my money. And, and that's the, the beautiful part of it. If, if they don't represent you and what you think, don't spend your money there. No. And, uh, and you should. Go, go to the deer hunter guns of the world and, and go out there and put it in somebody's hand who's actually out there in the community. You know, I every one of these companies that are out there that are family-owned, locally-owned, I support them so much more than I would a mass box store. I would oh, rather yeah. do that, too. The part yeah. that kills me about Walmart is they started off being America's store. American made, American this. Then they went to China's store. And now they're slowly trying to go back to... America story, but if you can't be America story, if you're not gonna sell guns and ammo, <laughs> not if you're gonna pull the. I mean, out. I mean, that's an okie doke right there. I, I don't understand why they would pull it off the shelves in Oregon. Like I said, you know, uh, it's one of the best uh, hunting destinations and fishing that you can find. But we do not know much about what's going on out there in the legislative world or taxing world or any other restrictions that's that they're true. putting on. That, but how many mass shootings do you hear about in Oregon? It doesn't necessarily it doesn't have to matter. do anything with that. I mean, you look at uh, Smith & Wesson moving to Tennessee. They finally True. just got tired of being taxed out of existence, and they're like, but we're out of here, bro. We're, we're going to go someplace where they like us. They could have well, a they could have a law in the books that says you must keep a gun in a safe at night, and they can't unload everything out of the glass little case and haul it off and put it in a safe in the back. I don't know what's going on in Oregon. Yeah, that's true. We don't know what the policies are for storage within the store. And and so... Can't make the ammo accessible to, you know, without being behind the counter and being watched under lock and key, like deodorant and, uh, you know, razors. If if you turn around (laughs) and you look at some of that stuff, if that's the right business decision for them, that's their their right to do. Did you you guys ever hear the story about the business insider reporter who tried to buy a gun at Walmart just to see how easy it was to do? And she left empty-handed twice. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. She. this was after the shootings in El Paso. Uh, she couldn't find any, like, apparently only half the Walmarts sell guns anyway in this country. Only half. And none of them in her area. She called around for like an hour trying to find out which store would carry a gun. Then she finally found one that did, drove to it, went there, and they're like, oh, yeah, we can't sell to you today. Why not? Well, the only guy we have that's allowed to sell doesn't work today. Oh, good. Wow. Oh. That's right. one. So, yeah. and then there was all that, and uh, let's see, what else? Uh, did she fail a background check, or uh, did they? Let's see, no authorized firearm sellers were scheduled to work that day. She could come back on Thursday. 
She had to pass an enhanced criminal background check and an yep. annual online training that includes a mock gun transaction in order to sell firearms at the store. Uh, employees must do that. Uh, she came back two days later. She met the authorized seller, charged her two bucks for a federal background check, gave her a form Department of State Police Virginia Firearms Transaction Records. Before she finished it, the clerk stopped her and said she need, need to bring in government-issued document with her correct address in order to pass the background check. She That's goes, right. over all the experience left me with the impression that buying a gun at Walmart is more complicated than I expected. Well, yeah. I think a lot of people have uh, that I mean, I meet a lot of new first-time gun buyers, uh, especially uh, ladies who come in and they say, what do I need to buy a firearm? And I say, do you have a Florida driver's license? And they say, yes. And I go, well, we'll start with that. That's all you need. And they, and they think it's easy. They go, well, that's all I need to do to buy a gun? And I go, well, yeah, but you still have to pass the background check. And, everything uh, that comes along with you it. you got to do all the other stuff as well. And then, yeah. uh, you know, when you look at it and you go, wait a minute, this address is not the same one that you put on the 4473, so uh, I can't sell you the firearm unless you bring in uh, where your current address is or go get your license changed. You can bring in a registration. You can bring in a tax thing. Or I mean, there's there's hoops that you have to go through. Yeah. And not only that, but you have to honestly answer the you know the the forms. It's a it's a federal form. It's not a state form. So we tell people. I mean, this is just like your W two or anything else. You know, these things are. This is a federal form. It says right on here that if you lie on this thing, it's a felony. So do it but, right. Yeah. So. Um, and- you know, you got to do what you got to do and do it correctly. Well, you talked about you know guns and Smith and Wesson moving to go to Tennessee. What about the stuff that's going on in New York right now? Oh, with the Second Amendment. Oh thing? my lord! Yeah, the but the Supreme Law the same. Ridiculous. Yeah, but the Supreme Court is kind of chomping at the bit to uh, overturn that. So I hope they do. We may see, we may see uh, people walking around in New York with open carry. That's scary. <laughs> That's a scary. That is thought. a scary thought for some reason. Is it, or is it going to settle things uh, down? Because we have seen examples of that where there is less violence when everybody knows who's armed. Well, <laughs> and they're legally armed. So that's Uh-oh. right. You were going to say, but, Bill. Well, I, what I was going to say is, just because you want to buy a gun, if I'm in Pennsylvania and I find a gun that maybe is even at a good price, I can't just go buy that gun because I'm not a resident of Pennsylvania. They only have agreements where. Certain state residents can buy firearms there. I That's mean, right. Florida is not a state that they recognize as being. I don't know why, but can't buy it if you're a Floridian. No, you can't buy a handgun if you're from out of state in Florida, but you can get a long gun. But uh, it's a little different. Don't I forget, can... I got my concealed carry using a form from 1984, my hunter education <laughs> safety course. Yes. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a certificate. The, the, it doesn't go bad. The guy that, that put me through the paces at the government office was a former FWC officer, and he goes, this is the oldest I've seen. Come on, let's get you set up. <laughs> Come in, old timer. We'll get you set up good. All right, we're going to take a break. Big and Wild Outdoors. If you want to call, 888-404-1010-888-404-1010. We'll be back. Pretty easy today. <laughs> Welcome in, everybody. It's Big and Wild Outdoors. Hey, give you a quick uh, Big and Wild Fast Cast for today. If you have not uh, been outside yet or you're just uh, groggy-eyed waking up, uh, you'll be waking up. It's going to be about uh, 63 degrees out there. It's going to be high of about 66 today. Uh, more clouds and sun. Going to be extremely windy, cool, and about a 40% chance of shower is going to continue off and on throughout the day. Wind gusts. They put a kibosh on the king of the beach out there this weekend, 20 to 25 miles per hour. 
uh, rip currents heading out there and then of course small crafts advisory and all that kind of good stuff all going on at the same time so uh, you got to be out there high surf advisory also if you're planning on going out be extremely careful out on the beach tonight gonna be about 62 degrees gonna feel like around 57 be nice and uh, breezy still and about only a 25% chance right Sunday's gonna be the good beautiful day and uh, king of the beach if you're planning on going out there all the activities from what I have found on social media no one has called to give us any indication that anything else has changed but Sunday is supposed to be when all the festivities and activities are going to be taking place. So they're taking four days of stuff and packing it in one day. Basically, uh, one day's worth of get them out there, get them on the water, get them in, get them weighed. It's going to be a Well, there's, there's more that goes on over there, too, though. Yeah, People their vendors, all that stuff, yeah. they say they're all going to stay, that they're not going anywhere. They're going to be there on Sunday. So Good for them. It'll be a good time. Uh, Sunday is going to be a beautiful day. And then next week, we'll see what happens after that. Oh, my gosh. I hope that's not Steve calling. What did uh, we do? Did you say something, Bill George? You didn't screw I, up the I, whole I, thing, I, did no, you? No. No, I don't think so. Oh, gosh. Uh, before the break, we did want to mention again that, yes, the city of New York <clears throat> is battling it out with the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And it seems that, from what I've read online, that the Supreme Court is going, hey, New York. You're stepping on their Second Amendment rights here, man. You might, uh, you may not win this. And it's good for them to do that. I'm glad the Supreme Court's actually going to probably rule in favor of. But I'm a little scared. Well, don't Why count you your scared? chickens. You know, it's one of those things. <laughs> As we learned in Chicago, sometimes they can write a little amendment real quick and uh, you know get around it. As Bill George says in the gray area, right? And uh, they may go, "Hey, it's constitutional carry," and they go, "Yeah, but we're really." Uh, we're, real, we're not a city, we're a providence. So uh, the law, New York law says that you cannot carry a gun in a, you know, I don't know, they'll come up with something. The, the part that worries me, that a lot of us with all this gun and Second Amendment stuff, how is it going to trickle down eventually to the hunters? What do you mean? I don't, I, don't, I don't think that carrying a firearm, you know, concealed or anything like that would have anything to do with the hunters. Upstate but I'd say is a lot more different. more of a, a stricter gun law for hunters down the road because everybody else is up in arms, no pun intended, about guns. I think the only thing that we're maybe uh, frightening is if you live in New York and you were going up to, let's say, upstate or over in New Jersey and you got a gun in your car and you get pulled over by a trooper, uh, then it may have some implications. And you're like, hey, look, I'm legally carrying, uh, you know... Some of these states are so crazy on who can have a gun. And it is. you, you turn around, you listen back to Carlos when he used to have a place up in, in that part of town selling a hardware store. You had large cash drops. You had to go. And guess what? You legally couldn't necessarily have a gun. Not that he did or didn't. Used to be that way here in Florida, okay. too, bro. But you're, you're sitting there with large large sums of money and you can't even legally protect yourself the only people i remember when i was a kid growing up that were allowed to even reply for a concealed weapons permit were guys who carried a large amount of cash i think jewelers i mean it was like there was a list of people who were okay to carry <laughs> or allowed to get a concealed weapons permit and it was like brinks guys night deposit people uh jewelry operators uh you know just the weirdest, you know, plethora of people. It just was just scattered all over the place. The one person in New York that should not be allowed to carry a gun is the cab drivers. <laughs> Those guys are already crazy as it is. 
and half of them probably aren't even from this country, so they're not allowed to have a gun. Well, it's not mainly the cab drivers you have to worry about. It's the people that get in the cabs that I would be more worried about for true. the most part. Very true. Everyone I've ever met up in New York was always a nice guy who said two words to you and then drove like a madman, so it didn't. Really, <laughs> there was really no very much interaction. Uh, they're not very southern, I would say. No. You try to start up a conversation with them, and they're like, you know, they they don't they don't want to talk. They just they don't want to do their job and get it over with. It's either an old school New Yorker or somebody else. Now I will say this: that uh, the uh, record number of permits. Speaking of New York, what did you have the story? What was eight, it? Eight point four million across the United States. Across the United States. 8.4 million new new gun owners. Owners or concealed weapons holders? No, owners. They went out and bought more goods because we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show. So these are those people who went out and bought. I wonder how many of those are New Yorkers. Dude, I think the last time we reported those numbers, it was like seven. Yeah, it jumped. Seven, it jumped. seven something million. It jumped. That's, that's crazy. That's incredible. Especially when you think about about 60%, if not more nowadays, is, is women. First time gun buyers. And the majority of this is first timers. Yes. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a lot of guns. And now you want to know why we have an ammo shortage. 8.4 reasons why. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the reasons why. I'm, I'm one of those 8.4 billion because I just purchased my shotgun. Yeah, that's true. And so uh, I'm part of, I'm part of the, the number. Had three first time gun buyers yesterday as well. First time they'd ever owned one. And uh, they wanted uh, one was a shotgun and a couple of pistolas, you know, so they had something. I want something. They always say the same thing. I just want something for protection inside the house. That's I just want something. And I'm like, okay, well, let's let's start working on what you want to get and what you want to do. Do you want to be able to shoot something? Yes. Well, let's start at the ammo side and see what is in the ammo department. <laughs> That's the we'll sad part. The, we'll see what lines up with what's on the shelf, and we'll see where the two circles interact. Survey that is, says that is that is that is a really sad reality. Is the fact that you could go buy a nice Creedmoor or thirty out six or a two seventy or whatever, and you got nothing to shoot out of it. Uh, it's a sad what, reality of today's market. What are what are you seeing now? I know we've had different ammos that have gone up and down, and this something seems to be disappearing off the shelf really quick. Or for us, uh, we've always had a steady supply of of nine millimeter and uh, five five six or you know two two three. We've always we've never gone below that. Plenty of three oh eight is floating around out there. Um, the hardest ones for these days, even today, is 380. Um, anything in a hunting caliber almost is is crazy. 30, 30, uh, 35 Remington's, 270s, uh, seven millimeter mag, 300 wind mag. <clears throat> it's all just flying off the shelf, and I think that um, it's still a leftover panic buy type thing. Where if you see uh, 20 boxes, if we get them in there, they may stay on the shelf for. At the most, basically two days. So would that Seriously. be the rise of people doing their own now? I mean, no, you, you, reloading is even harder. Really? Reloading, oh, you can't get you can't get primers. You know, some people can find bullets somewhere. I got plenty of casings. I just don't have this, and you can't put the two. To, look what happened when we uh, for muzzle loader the week before the opening day of muzzle loader. Man, I must have had twenty guys that came in there. Please tell me you got primers. Please, I go. Why would you wait? 
literally four or three days before hunting season before you start searching this. I mean, have you not seen the news? Have you not been in a gun shop lately? I mean, dude, <laughs> there's like nothing anywhere. And I, I'm, you know, being the guys that we are, I'm calling other gun shops and saying, hey, do you have this? Do you have that? Do you have this? I'll send some guy over there. I want you to get out in the woods. I'm not going to hold you well, back. Why we, would I go, we don't have anything. Thanks for coming. Get out. And that's servicing the customer. Exactly. That's, that's just good customer that's service. How, that's how it should be regardless. I call, I call like my that. boy over at Patriot Arms, and I was like, uh, hey, man, do you have any uh, anything black powder? And he goes, I got two of the three Ps. And I said, what is that? He goes, I got projectiles and primer, I mean, and powder, but no primers. So the guy was like, those are the two things I need. <laughs> Where's it at? <laughs> and off he went, you know, uh, so that he could get it and get in the woods. But, but I mean, at the end of the day, that customer is going to come back there and turn around and give you the first crack at it next time because you helped them out. And I, and I say that when it comes yes, to guns. Sir. They go, can you order this, that, and the other thing? And I go, no. But we can receive it. So if you find it at Big Earl's Gun Shop in uh, Two Lines, Alaska, buy it. Buy it and send it home, man. That's all you can do. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. Thank you so much for listening. Call in if you want. 888-404-1010-888-404-1010. We'll be back. tell you rat once you get her in the car once you're going out to dinner play this song don't you remember that from fast times Ridgemont high yes and since I you did. have a little date today maybe you should play a little uh what's up on the way out there uh, yeah. no what what do you mean no a little dirty heads a little revolution a little stick figure oh my gosh a little kenny chesney <laughs> little molly crew well, that's quite a stretch. <laughs> Going from stick figure to Motley Crue. I mean, one is you're like you're trying to literally go into a coma on the beach, and the other one is trying to wake you up from the coma on the beach. Exactly. Oh, I got you. Okay. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Bring Gun, Vince Noble, and uh, Bill George, who's back from his uh, gator hunting extravaganza up around Blountstown. How'd you do? How was the river? How was the water? It was nice and chilly. It was. It was. It was rather. Rather chilly up there, a little brisk uh, breeze. Not what do you What do you mean by that? You're a Pennsylvania guy. That means it was negative twenty. Well, no, it was it was in the fifties. It wasn't it wasn't bad. I turned around. I wore a, a light, you know, fl- quilted flannel, and that's that's about it. Quilt- right around wait, wait, on the did boat. You say quilted <laughs> flannel? <laughs> that doesn't sound light to me. <laughs> that sounds heavy, dude. I no, got quilted no. flannel with no. duck down and uh, goose. <laughs> It, Bo boots on. It's like the flannel you have now, except with a liner in it that's quilted uh, to that. Okay. That's oh, what that a quilted you. flannel is. That's okay. a light. That's a light. Yeah, light. no, it, that's all I had, Alan. Now, Jonathan, when I turn around and was on the boat with him, he was this great big old jacket on and uh, gloves and a beanie hat and everything. Florida, there's a difference between Florida born and raised and uh, Pennsylvania. You know, that know, is true. The but, blood's a little thicker. You know but I turned around up there. I, I went up there. I never got an alligator up there. The one evening we were out on the boat, I turned around, was riding up and down the Apalachicola River there, and we really weren't seeing anything. And then we finally decided to go back to the boat ramp 
the some of the kids, Jonathan's kids and that had gotten the four wheeler uh kind of stuck somewhere and so we decided to swing on back and as I'm going back up the river, all of a sudden I see that nice little orange glow off in the distance. So I start sneaking into it and working to get over there, trying to see. And then it's, man, that thing's not in the water. It's, that's up on the bank just a little bit. And we keep moving over there, moving over there. And you know what? I snuck right up on it. It was a bicycle. <laughs> and the whole the whole bicycle was was buried in the mud in the bank of the river, probably moved there by Hurricane Matthew <laughs> of some sort. Because there's not a house, there's not a structure in any part of that area. Oh wow! And, and there on the bank, he got all excited. He's like, oh, yeah. "I'm getting my gator." That was the only. That was. I thought, man, I finally found an. Al- I could not find an alligator in the Appalachian. River. That's I went amazing. Up some, I went up some creeks in uh, this and that. It's all just high salt, you know, wall stuff. Uh, it's just no real good marshy habitat at all. When you wait, when you say high wall, what are you talking about? Like canyon type stuff, cliffs yeah, and there, things. There's, geez, hundreds of foot cliffs along the side of that river. What? It was beautiful. <clears throat> it was, I did not think I was in Florida. I, there was stuff there that. That I just, you know, I'm used to even in, in Dade City, you get rolling hills and this and yeah, that. Yeah, that's about it. But but even then, the the ground kind of tapers to those. No, here we had cliffs. We had a hundred foot up, a couple hundred feet up, and there's, there's hills and the river going through it. The only one that I've ever seen um, was uh, going up the Ocklawaha River when we were doing the kayak trip in... Uh, the what river? Ocklawaha. And then... Uh, John, we found one that was maybe 20 feet or so high, and so we, of course, ended up jumping off of it into the river and uh, having a good time. But, uh, yeah, that's not something that's normally it, seen it, here it, in the state like, of Florida. Oh, my gosh. And, and it, it was pretty. It was, are they dirt, it, limestone? What are limestone, they? Okay. Limestone, limestone, sand, you know, dirt, mud, clayish mud. Well, at least you got to see something that's outside uh, of Florida that we don't mm-hmm. normally get to a see. A little different view. Oh, it was it was very different. different. And I, I, while I did not film my alligator tags up there, I did enjoy the trip. It was it was rather nice, uneventful. Which river was this again? The Apalachicola. Apalachicola. It's the river with no oysters at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, supposedly. No, they they're that we decimated it. You know, unlike. We- uh, Hey, look, I eat mine a dozen at a time. Don't blame it all on me, bro. (laughs) This this state turned around. Trout, redfish, and snook, we closed down when they're over over management goals. And over there, we let it go years with not being sustainable and not close the fishery. I just... I never could understand that. When uh, Riviera Bay, when I was a kid growing up there, they had all those oyster bars along there by the end of Whedon Island. And they were actually agricultural... Uh, lots, you know, there were signs mm-hmm. out there that said lot five, line six, you know, whatever, and so that people could go and harvest them. Now they're under, you know, two or three feet of sand. But um, uh, it seemed like being a Floridian, that's all we ever got was Apalachicola oysters whenever you would go somewhere. I don't know if it was it, a convenience it, thing or whatever. No, but it was the Kleenex brand, you know. It, it, sure. That is what people saw it. Yeah, and uh, but you know nowadays we're having to you know suffer through uh, you know Louisiana oysters and things like that, which um, 
It doesn't they're, seem to bother me at all. Just as good, <clears throat> if they, not they better. Eat the same, if not better. I mean, I've had my fair share of those big honking uh, uh, Appalachicola ones, where uh, literally you might as well just go scoop a thing of mud off the bottom of the canal and. Uh, so y'all, y'all are talking about rivers. What river flows north? Okawaha. St. John's. And, right. o- and the Okawaha. I, I say it again. Okawaha. <laughs> Go ahead, try it. Okawaha. Yeah, it flows north as well. There's a few of them here that flow north. A lot of people didn't know that. I'm surprised. What do you mean you're surprised? I'm not surprised. You, I'm just (laughs) surprised. What about the Swanee? Does it? Does it? I don't know. I'm asking you. I don't. I'm going to say no. You know what? There's this thing called the internet. I'm going to use my brain. And go what? Say, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, our, our good friend uh, Toby Benoit wrote a book a while, uh, it's been a thousand years, but it was a great little paperback book about the adventures of a man who went from Jacksonville down to St. John's when that used to be the only highway, when they used to use barges to produce and move goods through the state of Florida and how you had to go down to St. John's, go through uh, Okeechobee, down through the canal system, then go back across the canal system to get over to the other side of the Gulf of Mexico and stuff. And it was, it was a great book. He really did a lot of research and a lot of history, uh, things that, as you just pointed out, no one really knows about the state of Florida. They move here and go, wow, well, I guess uh, right. Highway 301 has always been here, and that's not true. <laughs> you know, uh, remember Miami didn't even exist until there was a railroad. So, I mean, without that, it would would still be swampy, nasty, nothing. Nothingness. I couldn't imagine Miami being nothing. <clears throat> it's still pretty much nothing. There's really yeah. not much to do there unless you're going to go drink. Hey, the only good thing that came out of Miami is Miami Vice. Come on now. Warren Sapp came Miami out of Davie not too far away. Uh, you good did it in Miami? They pissed everybody off by rolling back the drinking hours. They did, off the beach. <laughs> uh, they, they, on the election on Tuesday, that was one really? of the things in Miami <laughs> Beach. Nice. They now have uh, have to cut two off at 2 a.m. 2 a.m., buddy. Can oh, you believe how horrible for, that is? They used to let baby. them drink until 5 a.m. I don't know what time they started. <laughs> I couldn't imagine drinking until 5 o'clock in the morning. Well, it's Miami Beach. It's a different culture. It's like, you ready to go out? Yeah, I'm going to take a nap. I'll get up about 10 p.m., get dressed. I'll meet you at midnight. Yeah. It's a different thing. And not I to guess. mention the fact that, you know, I bet all those people doing that drink until 5 a.m. did not live in Miami Beach, which is why the residents voted to roll back the drinking hours. Exactly. Very smart. I'm sick and tired of finding these guys out here in my rose bushes <laughs> relieving themselves at uh, uh, 4 o'clock in the morning. Or I'm trying to know. drive to work and you got some drunken idiot on yeah. the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was not fun. I, I've been down there a few times Ugh. with the uh, with the football team and we stayed either in Lauderdale or some other areas and drove to uh, Joe Robbie back in the day. And uh, I was only down to South Beach one time, uh, our buddy Dean Earl, when he yeah. was living down there, uh, we screamed down there for the Super Bowl on our motorcycles and uh, stayed at his place. He's like, come on, man, I'll take you down to South Beach. We're like, okay. We walked uh, about 50 yards down South Beach. We're like, okay, we're done. Uh, you know, we're not those kind of beautiful people, you know. There so, are some pretty people down there. So we were uh, pretty much like, uh this is not our kind of place. Uh, well, let's just. I just back. couldn't deal with the traffic down there. The traffic is just nuts. It's like the old days in Ebor. It's worse. You just drive through and honk and you know look for chicks that you know you, don't you, look off. You're breaking your neck. 
<laughs> but if you're not in a Ferrari, you might as well just keep looking forward. Bye. Are you in a Miata? Keep driving, pal. All right, Nothing. we're going to take a break. Hour number three is right around the corner. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back.